Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Genesis uh, chapter 15, right before this in chapter 14, Abraham or Abram defeats the four kings in the valley. His 318 men help him to rescue Lot. And uh, since chapter 12, lots of things have happened in Abram's life. He's, he's grown wealthy by this time. Uh, Abraham was no joke. He, he was serious. Uh, he was becoming influential. He was becoming powerful, a name to be reckoned with. God was on the way to fulfilling the promise uh, that he had given Abraham. But verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 1 begins with the statement, after what? This. We understand that whatever happened in 14 somehow causes God to make this statement in chapter 15. Right now in, 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 the, in the text, the sun is starting to set, and the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. The word of the Lord will always bring what? Vision. The word of the Lord will make you see something you've never seen before. And God says to him, don't be afraid. Abram is probably thinking about his enemies regrouping and retaliating and wanting revenge. Uh, there was a real battle where people died. There were people's brothers, people's fathers, uh, people's sons. And the reality in the ancient world, and even today, often if you do not annihilate an enemy, that enemy will just survive to fight again. And grudges are held and wars continue on and on and on and on. You know, he's, he's reflecting on the battle, the events of the day, but he's also, as evening sets, he's like, wow, now i got to watch my back. I have some serious enemies. So now this, this is serious. And he begins to, again, meditate on that, and God speaks to him in this moment. He says, don't be what? Afraid. Abram, don't be insecure. Then he goes on and says, I am your what? Why does God say this? Because Abram could look at his 318 men and get discouraged. God is saying, listen, it's not those 318 men that protected you, Abraham. It's me. I am your shield. He who watches over you, Abraham, will never slumber nor sleep. Abraham, I love you and I'm in covenant with you. No need to worry, no need to fear. I will watch over you. I will be your refuge, your fortress, and I will keep you. You would think that God would look at him and say, oh, you are supposed to be the father of the faithful. Where is your faith, Abraham? No, no such reaction from God. God looks at him. He says, son, hold on. Don't be afraid. I am your what? Shield. You know, I tend to get worried when I start depending on myself and my own resources. And the reality is the more resources you get, the more you tend to trust them. That's just true. When you have nothing, you're not afraid of losing anything because you don't got nothing. But when you start getting some things and amassing some things, you can begin to trust those things. And Abraham was in such a position, you know, he, he had gr he'd grown quite a bit from chapter 12. God goes on and says, uh, not only am I your shield, I am your very, very what? Great reward. The money, soldiers, your health, Abram, your understanding, Abram, it's all from me. But Abram, in the midst of this, and I want you to notice the dialogue. I want you to understand what prayer is supposed to be about. Prayer is not about, you know, counting beads. It's not about just uh, stating things from rote. Abraham in this encounter, has a heart-to-heart -heart with God. In fact, it's, it's not a monologue like many of our prayers. We just tell God what we want. It's a dialogue where God communicates back. You're not finished praying until you hear God speak to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
You don't pray just to get things off your chest. You, you pray to do that, but also to what? Hear from God. God says some wonderful things. He says, man, I, I am your shield. He says, don't be afraid. Very, very tender moment. But watch God and watch Abraham. Watch their intimacy. It's really never good to complain about God, but it's often wise to complain to God. Abraham or Abram has some issues. And in spite of the touch of God, in spite of the fact that God was protecting him, obviously Abraham wasn't completely satisfied on the inside. What's awesome is he doesn't hide it. He doesn't push it away. He doesn't speak in Elizabethan ease. He doesn't do any of that. He speaks heart to heart. He was God. Even before I go forward, when's the last time you had a real heart to heart with God? I'm not talking about you speaking out of your head. I'm talking about you really talked about the things deep down on the inside. Many of us, we only really speak when we get angry. You know, when my wife and I, when either of us are angry, that's not the time to talk. I can't hear her, she can't hear me. The time for us to talk is in those sweet moments. And when, when there's no conflict and it's just me and her. The time to talk to God is not when you're angry, not when you're desperate, not when you're necessarily up to here. But find those sweet moments to share. You understand? God is not an angry God. He's not raising angry children only to communicate with angry voices. This is a very tender moment. I am your shield. Abram, don't be afraid, son. I got you. Then watch how Abraham speaks to God in this moment. He says, oh, sovereign Lord, you are my king. As I taught you last week, city-states began in Ur or the Mesopotamia area. And uh, kingships had emerged. And it was a new thing on planet Earth. And uh, Abraham understood something about kingship. And God was preparing, of course, to begin to release his kingdom uh, through uh, Abraham. But he says, oh, sovereign king, Lord, almighty, what can you give me since I remain childless? All the blessings of chapter 12, I will bless you. Anyone that blesses you, I'll bless back. And, um, you know, whatever you put your hand, you know, all the blessings. I, you know, that's, that's good stuff, God. I appreciate the blessing. God, you, you, you caused me to, to win in battles and, and victory. Okay, I appreciate it. And God, the stuff, man, you know, I, I went into Egypt one way. I came out, the Bible said, not just wealthy, very wealthy. So Abraham's in, in a very different position. But Abraham says, oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain? You've been saved five years. If we compare Abraham's journey to ours, it's like maybe he was saved 10 years. But how many of you, after you met Christ at the cross, still got some things that remain? I know everything's supposed to be wonderful once you submit your life to Christ. But the reality is sometimes there are things that remain unanswered, issues unresolved, and you go through the first year, the second year, the third year, the fifth year, till you get to this place maybe 10 years in. And you're like, God, I appreciate you, you're my shield, you're my wealth, you're my protector. But God, there's, there, there's still something that remains. Here's the great man of faith. And if this man had issues that remain, should you be absolutely blindsided by the fact that there may be a few things that God is still working on and has not yet finished in your life? He said, what can you give me since I remain childless. He said, listen, Lord, when you started talking to me in chapter 12 about the blessings, I got excited. 
And in my wildest dreams, I couldn't imagine, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, I still don't have a child. Lord, I appreciate the fact that you are my shield. I appreciate the fact that you call me by name. But Lord, there's something that remains unfulfilled in my life. And God, we need to talk about it. You see, in verse 2, Abraham kind of addresses this thing gently. He poses a question. But now he's about to, you know, kind of cut to the chase. and, and, And he's about to really get real with God about what's going on in his life. Verse 3, he's not saying this has anything to do with my body. This has nothing to do, he's not blaming his wife. He said, Lord, you, you see, Lord, this is between you and I. You're fighting with certain people and you think it's them. It has nothing to do with them. There's an issue between you and God. Are you hearing me? You say, well, my boss is, my boss is not giving me a raise. There's an issue between you and God. You say, well, I've been alone alone too long. Well, there might be an issue between you and God. He said, you have given me no children. Lord, you're my shield, my reward. But with all of this, you still haven't given me that. And when you walk with God for a time, you'll get to a place where you almost feel guilty about those things you still want. God, you gave me all of this. But Lord, what is this without that? Do you see the man of faith? He's not angry. It's a tender moment. But deep is called to deep in the wall of the waterfall. I want to admit, as a young man, I'd butt heads with God. I'd argue. And it'd be my point, your point, my point. And because I thought I was smart, I'd become stubborn, arguing my point. And I know this may seem odd, but sometimes it wasn't until a tear started running down my eye and I had nothing else clever to say that all of a sudden he seemed near. He said, you've given me no child. So a servant, not even flesh and blood, in my household. I'm at a time in my life I'm concerned about legacy and you give me words about my safety. What does it matter if I'm safe if I don't have what I, I want to share with someone to share it with? And there are times where God can give you all of this, but if it's not that, it doesn't fill you. It doesn't even seem to bless you. In those moments, don't run from him. It's not because you're unspiritual. It's because God's not finished. Are you hearing me? He said, so a servant is going to be my heir. Now, in that time, it wasn't odd for something like this to happen. Your favorite steward Your favorite servant, if you didn't have a child or you didn't like your child, you can give the inheritance to that particular person. But what Abraham was basically saying, he's saying, Lord, okay, you promised me children, and technically, I have a child. Technically, I'm a Christian. Technically, I've been born again. Technically, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But in experience, God, what God's about to tell him, I'm not going to save you on a technicality. My word's not going to be fulfilled on a technicality. My answer's going to be flesh and blood, something you can look at, something you can smell, something you can taste. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Again, this is a a monologue. It's a back and forth. I can have a conversation with God, actually, that takes me two months to have. I'll say one thing, and it'll be a day later, he says something else. And then I I respond, and he says something else a couple days later. You see, God's not in a rush. He has all eternity to talk to us, and he'll do it in his time. So it didn't say how many days passed. It doesn't say. Or how many hours passed. 
But the word of the Lord came to him. Please notice, God makes this statement only after Abraham shared his heart. Many of us, we go to God again. I know I'm repeating myself with head. It's just heady stuff. And we wonder why the, the sky seems brass. Because God wants a heart-to-heart relationship. He didn't just save me. Actually, he didn't save my brain. He saved my spirit. And then he renews my mind, my brain, my intellect. But he wants to have intimacy with the deepest part of me. And sometimes we, we settle in our, in our walk with God, again, for, 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 for this superficial relationship. But not again until Abraham reveals his heart does God begin to speak. If you're stuck and God's not talking to you, just share your heart. Listen, I have learned, see, I, forgive me, and you might not like me anymore, I think I'm a great leader, but the truth is I'm not always honest with myself. I'm often very dishonest about my feelings. And, you know, it wasn't until I got married where a woman would say, that hurt, didn't I? I'm like, I'm not hurt. That doesn't hurt. You know, I mean, you know, uh, I'm mad or something. You know, I'll say I'm mad, I'm angry, but hurt, you know, not hurt. It hurt. And I'm often not honest with my feelings. So for me, I sometimes have to have like a two-hour conversation with God before I really talk about what's really going on in me. Any men in the room? Ladies, too. Amen. <laughs> Abraham, though, he's a little more developed. He goes right to the chase. And he deals with his issues. But watch God's response. Eliezer, when we look at him in Scripture, he's a type of the Holy Spirit, meaning he's a good man. But it's interesting. God is, is so unwilling for Abraham to settle for what he has that the, the, the option here where, with Eliezer becoming like his son or becoming his adopted son, it caused God not even to mention his name. I mean, God, God is too ridiculous in God's mind to even honor it by stating Eliezer's name. He says this, this man, you got to get the attitude, or you're going to settle for some man fulfilling a promise that I said I was supernaturally promised that I fulfill for you. This man, this thing, you hear me, will not... Be an heir. He wouldn't even call him by name. God is disgusted by any impulse we have to settle. And often what happens is because we don't believe in the goodness of God, because we've not really embraced how much he loves us, we think if we really asked God for all we wanted, it would somehow be too much, that it would bankrupt the relationship. But do you realize that the greatest gift God could ever give you has already been given? He hung like this. If you really believe that, why would you settle? Are you hearing me? Why would you accept lesser than what God ultimately has for you? Abraham, I'm El Shaddai. I'm the all-sufficient one. I'm more than enough at every point in your life. I did not just say I will give you something to drink. I said your cup shall run over. Are you hearing me? Abraham understands God and holds God to his character. God is looking to and fro the earth, saying, can I find some people that would actually relate to me as I really am? Put a demand on me to be myself? Abraham, he was wealthy. I mean, he could have even said, well, the promise is fulfilled by Eliezer. He was uh, strong and protected and, and, and the numbers of things, wonderful things are going on his life. But, but he still says, Lord, I'm still not there. And he's not ashamed. He's not upset about it because he knows the nature of God. He has a heart-to-heart. -heart. 
He said, this man will not be an heir, but a son coming from your what? My word is not going to be fulfilled on a technicality. What I promised you is not going to happen on some stretch of the imagination where you got to figure out, yeah, yeah, God kind of fulfilled it on the left side of the far left corner. Yeah, I guess I could check it off as fulfilled. God said, no, no, I'm going to do it right in your face. I'm going to do it in a way that's unmistakable. Oh, God said, well, I, you know what? I'm going to make you happy. And, and then you smile two or three times and say, that must be it. And God said, are you kidding? All the promises in him are yes and amen. And we settle for three smiles when God got joy unspeakable, full of glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We settle for, for just a little bit. I feel better when God says, I have peace that passes understanding. Are you hearing me? He said, man, it's going to be something coming from your own body. It's going to be an heir. He said, listen, Abraham, I got to get you out of your little tent, your self-constructed ceiling of, of, of what can be. You're, you know, you're inside this thing and you limit what I can do. Are, are you hearing me? Let's go outside into a larger realm. And often God has to take you out of this place to bring you to another place. Often, sometimes it's a trip. He just got to get you out of your stuff. Get your mind off of your thing. And allow God to cause you to look again. He took him outside and he said, uh, you need to change what you're looking at. He looked up to the heavens. Count the stars if you can indeed count them. He's saying, Abraham, as surely as you can begin to count the stars, you can absolutely count on me. You would think that God would have already became impatient. He said, Abraham, I don't know. I already appeared to you in chapter 12. I mean, I've already said some wonderful things. Shouldn't that be enough? No, no, no. That's not God's attitude. Do you, do you understand? God wants to reach us with his message. And he will go to whatever lengths necessary if we'll let him for him to get his message across. Then he said to them, he said, look up, man. He said, so shall your Abraham offspring be. Basically what he was saying to Abraham or Abram, I care. I care about what you want. And a matter of fact, I swear by my name, Abraham, I'm going to give you that very thing. What is the thing that you want? It's your that. Are you hearing me? That nothing else can satisfy. But, but, but you're trying to fill that that and trying to pretend what you got here is enough. But the real issue is what you don't got here. How many of you have an area like that? God wants you to know that he cares. He is not some divorced being that way out there. He feels you and he loves you. And basically, if you look behind what he's saying to Abraham, that's all he's saying. He's saying, man, I care about you. I love you. Watch what the scripture says here. It says, Abraham believed who? It didn't say Abraham believed the promise, although he did. Abraham finally believed the person. You, you got, you know, your, your little promises. Well, I'm believing God. God, yeah. And God said this. Yeah. But do you believe the person? Abraham believed in the Lord. He believed that God cared for him. And the Bible calls that faith. Faith is not just believing he exists. The demons believe that. It's knowing that he loves you. He cares for you. If we want to be like Abraham, we must begin to believe God. I'm not talking about believing for doing something, but believe that he loves us and cares. And he credited to him as what? 
From that point on, Abraham was all right with God. Couldn't do anything wrong with God because he had embraced the core of God's being, his love. He believed that God cared. And that faith made him all right. Most of mankind, you read these scriptures, man, it looks like God's angry at the world. God's angry at sin, but he loves man. Abraham embraces it, believes it. And God says, man, I call you now righteous because of what you've done. See, God is always looking for an opportunity to bless us. He's always looking to do abundantly above all we can ask or think. The Bible says he takes us from glory to what? Glory. He says, son, okay, you're starting to get ready to believe that I could give you a baby. But now I want to add to a baby, I want to give you land. You see, God builds upon what he builds. He who has shall be given more. He who has not, even that which he has, shall be what? Taken. Revelation is built upon what? Revelation. We go from faith to what? Faith. And he said, listen, you got the baby thing down now. Let's talk about land. Do you understand that you got to master this level before you can get to the next level? But for you in this room, this level includes honesty. This level includes dealing with places of perhaps disappointment and hurt. And you will not get to the place of God giving you nations and lands, at least in manifest form, until you master this particular level. Oh, sovereign Lord, still respectful. How can I know that I will gain possession of it? Abraham's not sure he understands all this. Abraham said, this is too wonderful for me. Maybe I'm misconstruing something, Lord. Um, the first thing I do when God speaks to me is ask God to confirm it. It's not necessarily in my case that I believe he can't do it. I want to make sure I got it right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So Abraham said, how can I know? The Bible says, let every word be confirmed by two or three, what? Witnesses. So the Lord in his mercy, he begins to speak to Abram in a way that Abram understands. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.